الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful uh, we continue the issue of the misconceptions of the deviant Quranites and we come to their fourth misconception their fourth misconception this is summarized in their saying that the sunnah was not taken as a legal reference in Islam by the Prophet and by the companions as well and that's why they were prevented from writing from documenting the Sunnah this is their misconception and their Berwiz their infamous Quranite he said that if the Sunnah was part of Islam then the Prophet ﷺ would have put for it a methodology like that for the Quran from documentation preservation memorization etc the refutation of this doubt the refutation of this misconception the refutation this is a baseless foundation based upon mere baseless denial of fact Would these people really give themselves the time to examine that the Prophet ﷺ was so keen to teach his companions and make them understand the religion by tongue and by action? Add to that the fact that his practical life was in itself a teaching, a teaching example directing his companions in all that they asked about admonishing during the Fridays during the ceremonies the festivals the emergencies occasions even his family life is another document relating the legislations not to mention even his household interactions If the Sunnah to the Prophet was not something legal 
and part of deen, he wouldn't have given given it this kind of attention and wouldn't have sought to spread it by all means possible take for example what Al-Bukhari related concerning the delegation of Abdul Qais after the Prophet welcomed them he taught them matters of Islam and then you know what he told them he said the following to them احفظوهو وأخبروهو من وراءكم preserve it and related to those whom you encounter from your people this is in Sahih al-Bukhari if his life and his teachings and his sayings were not a legal sunnah he wouldn't have commanded them to preserve and to propagate and we wouldn't have heard something like pray as you have seen me praying why would he say pray as you had seen me praying if the prayer in the way he detailed and he performed is not legal to be taken from him and why would he then also say لتأخذوا مناسككم فإني لا أدري لعلي لا أحج بعد حجتي هذه take from me your rituals for the pilgrimage because I don't know maybe I wouldn't perform a hajj after this hajj I wouldn't perform another pilgrimage after this one why would he say this why would he detail how to perform hajj if this was not part of the legal sunnah why when he the Prophet ﷺ, in the farewell pilgrimage would stand in front of thousands of the companions and tell them let the one who is witnessing my sermon, my speech inform the one who is absent why would he do that? and he was teaching them and admonishing them concerning matters of life and interactions and matters of worship and how to deal with women as well in that farewell pilgrimage he said take good care of women why would he do that if this was not a legal way why would on the other hand the companions adhere to his way and ride and mount the camels and travel distances in order to check for one saying of him 
why would they sit and go over what they learned in order to preserve it in memory listen to what Anas may Allah be pleased with him listen what he said We used to sit with the Prophet and take the hadith from him فَإِذَا قُمْنَا And when we leave فَإِذَا قُمْنَا نَتَذَاكَرْهُ فِيمَا بَيْنَنَا حَتَّى نَحْفَظُ And we used when we leave to نَتَذَاكَرْهُ Study it between us so that we keep it to memory, preserve it. This is Anas, this is a companion, closely attached to the Prophet And Umar, and his neighbor, they used to take turns to come and sit with the Prophet ﷺ to take knowledge from. And Aisha, the mother of the believers, the wife of the Prophet ﷺ, she used to review with the Prophet ﷺ that which he teaches her. From the Sunnah which she needed to know. And this is Abu Hurairah the companion he used to say I used to partition the night into three not into three parts فَثُلُثٌ أَنَامْ one third for me to sleep for sleep وَثُلُثٌ أَقُومْ and one third to stand up in prayers وَثُلُثٌ أَتَذَكَّرُ أَحَادِيثَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم and the latter third is to review the narrations from the Prophet So if the Sunnah was were it rather something not from the Deen, why would these companions be so keen about reviewing, studying, memorizing, learning? Why would they take so much difficulty traveling in order to find one single hadith? Why did they act upon that which they learned from it? Why it became part of their daily life? All of this care is a clear-cut proof that the Sunnah is connected to the Deen and that it is part of it. And how could it be otherwise when we know that the Prophet ﷺ said عليكم بسنتي وسنت الخلفاء المهديين الراشدين تمسكوا بها hold to my sunnah and the sunnah of those rightly guided caliphs after me hold to it by your moral teeth and how could it not be a legal part of this deen when we know that without it, this Ummah would 
not be able to comply with many of the rulings in the Quran suffice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the sunnah the way to the way that leads to him though the way for those who seek his forgiveness and his paradise listen to what he said in 33:21 لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر Can we have the verse, please? Indeed, in the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad, وسلم, you have a good example to follow for him. Look for him who hopes in the meeting with Allah and the last day and remembers Allah much. Now, as to these people's claim that the Prophet forbade writing his sayings when he said لا تكتبوا عني don't write from me this is a command a true in the beginning of Islam where the Quran was revealed fresh And because of extreme care that people may confuse his saying, the Prophet ﷺ, with the Quran, that's why he forbade in the beginning to write his sayings. Then, when that was secured, he permitted writing that. Where he commanded Abisha to write. So in the beginning, the Prophet ﷺ was building the companions on the practical sunnah. And this is by itself is a strong proof. More even safe than what is to be documented if it is not to be practiced. And it should be mentioned here, and this is very important, that the forbiddance which the Prophet ﷺ made was concerning writing the hadith and recording it officially like the Quran. 
as far as the writer would write it for himself this is affirmed to have taken place and there were from the companions those who used to record everything that the Prophet ﷺ would say and in fact it came from the way of Abdullah bin Amr ibn al-As may Allah be pleased with both that he said كنت أكتب كل شيء أسمعه عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم I used to write everything I heard from the Prophet ﷺ which I wanted to memorize so Quraysh presented me and they said you write everything that you hear and while the messenger speaks in while pleased and while angry so I withheld from writing then I mentioned this to the messenger so he pointed the Prophet pointed with his finger to his mouth to the Prophet's mouth, to himself's mouth and he said اُكْتُبْ write down فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ by the one Allah in whose hand is my soul مَا يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ إِلَّا الْحَقِّ nothing comes out of it meaning his mouth except the truth and it is reported in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed that some of the companions complained of their lack of memorization of what they heard from him so they said to him to the Prophet we are hearing some hadith from you which we don't keep to memory we can't keep to memory shouldn't we write them down he said rather write it down and this is the latter it came after the initial forbiddance in the very beginning when the Quran was revealed fresh so that there can be no confusion with that this is in short the refutation of this misconception and inshallah tomorrow we'll go to the fifth misconception wa alhamdulillah rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to preserve them, to preserve us on the correct path and to save us from all of these deviations. Wa jazakumullahu khayran wa barakallahu feekum.